Police One Academy is leading the way in high-quality, affordable training for officers nationwide. Your department can take advantage of more than 1,000 HD videos and 175 full-length courses in a robust learning management system. Training is certified or accepted for training credit in 35 states. Join the industry's most officer-friendly learning platform with more than 60,000 subscribers. To schedule a free demo, go to policeoneacademy.com forward slash policing matters. Hello, and thank you for clicking, and thank you for listening to Policing Matters, the Police One podcast. I'm Doug Wiley. I am Jim Dudley. Jim, we don't often do um, current events-related items. We try to keep our podcasts as evergreen as possible, but last week in Berkeley, California, Berserkley, California, um, there was a, a riot, for lack of a better term, and it's happened there before. Um, you know, Berkeley is a highly politically charged city. It's um, home to California University of Berkeley. Um, on April 15th, tax day, um, pro-Trump individuals wearing the American flag over their shoulders and Make America Great Again baseball hats um, held a rally. They walked into enemy territory and said, we want to have a pro-Trump rally in the streets of Berkeley. And they got a permit and they notified the police that they were going to be there well in advance. And they, um, they were, frankly, assaulted by black-clad, mask-wearing anarchists with clubs, bats, pepper spray, helmets, body armor. Um, and it was basically a throwdown fight between the two warring factions. And they were basically wearing uniforms. They looked like two armies wearing different kind of uniforms. And Berkeley police, for the most part, just let it happen. They just stood there and watched the fight. I mean, as entertaining as it might be, that's not the job of the police. The police is meant to intervene and stop people from beating the living crap out of each other, right? Sure, absolutely. And as you say, this is not the first time. This, by my count, this is at least three times in the East Bay, at least twice at UC Berkeley, um, where the First Amendment was shut down because one side disagreed with the other. And I'm not taking sides, believe me, on this issue. The, the speaker before was um, Milo Giannopoulos, Giannopoulos with the yeah. uh, Breitbart, Breitbart. Uh, media. And uh, yeah, you know, these guys are provocateurs and they have something to say. Um, and, and I think the reaction by the mayor, the city council and others who said that they totally backed the police department here and that they agree with the action or non-action that they took, um, I, I have to disagree. And it's it's rare that I disagree with the, the act, action of a police agency. But in this case, I've got to say that uh, I disagree with, today the, the chief says in the, uh, in the, in the local uh, San Francisco paper that, um, that it, it essentially took them by surprise that the one side didn't have permits, that there was no formal sit-down agreement to uh, plan things out and you know create staging areas. And I, I you know I got to call a little BS on that one. Um, many many times we knew that marches were going to happen with potential problems, that there were going to be protests with potential problems. And whether we got uh, anybody at the other end of the table, um, during the Occupy um, movement, there was no main person to talk to. There were, there, mm. were, there were no forums where we could discuss what the needs of the other side were. So we had to pretty much 
anticipate what was going to happen. And we created staging areas and we put up hard uh, staging areas for the different factions. I mean, we, we've had in San Francisco, you know, 300 protests and demonstrations over the course of a year where, uh, depending on the, the flavor of the day, you had, uh, you know, Israel on one side and PLO on the other. You had pro-life on one side and uh, pro-choice on the other side. You had uh, a number of, of a dichotomy of groups and the police agencies are tasked with being put in the middle. And for somebody to say they didn't know it was going to happen, uh, three or four days before the event, I read that in the, for the first time or the second time in, in, a, in multiple years, the local farmer's market shut down because they knew there was going to be violence there. So really, the farmer's market knew what was going to happen, but the police department didn't. So I think... The, what I read, and, and all I know is I haven't seen any official uh, enforcement plans or anything like that, but from what I read in the, the paper, um, plastic uh, fences were put up, erected to keep the two apart. That's literally laughable. It is laughable. <laughs> and um, that there were some sort of uh, checkpoints where weapons were taken, but... I saw a lot of weapons there. I saw baseball bats with barbed wire on them, directly I, out of television. I saw a guy with a 300 helmet, yeah. a Spartan <laughs> helmet yeah. with, a, with a feather on the crown. So throwing bottles, throwing cans, throwing rocks, using hammers, pepper, pepper spray. spray, M80s. Uh, apparently there were eight police officers injured in the melee, many of them injured because of... Um, uh, the M80s or other uh, fireworks and projectiles exploding hmm. in within their vicinity. So you have this melee, and it is unacceptable to stand pat and not take action, not move in. I also read that although the the protest started at noon, the call out for mutual aid didn't happen till 1 p.m. So a full hour was expended before. A mutual aid call out went to uh, the Alameda sheriffs, and uh, you've got to you've got to plan for the worst and hope for the best. Get your people staged close by, ambulance, fire, mutual aid, and you have to have the plan at your fingertips. You can't you can't just wing it. Yeah, Gordon Graham famously said. Um, if it's predictable, it's preventable. Predictable and is preventable. It's, if you have a group of, whether it's a big group or a small group, but a group of pro-Trump and really vehemently pro-Trump people mm -hmm. marching into Berkeley to make their point, it, and it's perfectly their First Amendment right to do so, they had every right to be there, every right to say what they wanted to say, You, but they are walking into enemy territory and they know it. They are there to provoke a, 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 if not confrontation, a, a at least a heated debate. They know that they're going to be surrounded by the other side. Right. They're using finger quotes here. Right. Now, what they may not necessarily have known was that there was a coordinated effort on the part of, quote, the opposition to all come in there wear, wearing black masks, wearing black basically uniforms it was black it, block it, that's their famous that's exactly blac bloc all black hoodies black Sweatshirts. masks 
backpacks with all their stuff. Gas masks, helmets, riot, you know, basically anti-riot gear Mm -hmm. and and weapons. And then you you don't think that's going to happen? I mean, how do you, how do you? Yeah, you have to have situational awareness. (laughs) And whether that's, you know, officers on the beat or people giving you the info, looking at the flyers, there's got to be some intelligence going on where you're looking on the websites from the usual suspects. And if Berkeley says that they can't do any kind of intelligence gathering, well, that's a shame on them too. Yeah, it's 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 it was shocking when I saw it. I, I you know watching it unfold on television, pretty much live. Right. You know, I you know, happened to be home that Saturday afternoon, and watching the local television news, and I'm like, what the devil is going on yeah. here? And why are why is there no one in the mix to try and stop this thing? And and it, it became apparent that in, in the aftermath there was a video of uh, someone asking a couple of cops in, in a squad car who were literally just sitting and standing there. Right. And you know they said, well, "Why are you not doing anything?" And the guy goes, basically, I'm paraphrasing, "You should talk to the chief about that." Yeah. And you know, so I just threw, literally threw my hands in the air, saying, "Oh my God, depolicing is now coming from the top." Right. It's no. you know, we've had depolicing over the course of the last two or three years, where coppers are a little less inclined to get into a thing, to get into right, a, any right. kind of because they don't want to get into a beef. They want to keep their jobs. You right. can't get fired for doing nothing. Right. Now it's coming from the top down. Oh, holy moly, are we in deep trouble? No, and it, again, it puts the line cops, you know, out there for the public to. And for us to criticize, but you know, I heard uh, one of the things I heard was that we weren't going to send police into these fights because it was unsafe and whatever. You've got to set up the plan. You've got to put up metal barricades. If you have to line it with officers and spend overtime, then you've got to do that. Um, if it's escorting uh, the, the party that's getting pelted with rocks and bottles and attacked, then you get a bus on a standby and you load them up on the bus and you get them out of there. Yeah. And, and to just allow these fights to happen, that's poor planning. And the, you know, the officers that are, that are standing up to the scrutiny now, it's not their fault. It's not their fault. You could see the frustration on the face of that one guy in that car, you know, where he just, he just wanted no part of, of the questioning. He wanted no part of the yeah. criticism. You know, he wanted to get his job done. And, without and he was of, basically told not to. No rules of engagement, no plan, no, no mobile squads, no uh, rapid response, no arrest teams, and no cops knowing that that's the order from on high. They're gonna not. Ri- they're not going to risk themselves to go quote rogue <laughs> right. and take action. Right. Yeah. And do the work of a peace officer to keep the peace. Right. Right. I mean, it's just you. You throw your hands in the air, and so it, it's one of those things. When I saw that happen, and I knew we were going to be recording this week, I wanted to make sure that we covered it. Um, you know, it's it's. My hope is that we're going to affect some change here. I sincerely doubt we will, but that's that's the effort. That's what the purpose of this discussion is. Yeah. 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 Thanks again for listening, everybody. If you have comments, please add them in the comments section beneath the podcast. And uh, you can also email us. That's uh, policingmatters at policeone.com. Thanks again for listening.